CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Okay. Hey, everyone. It is the I Don't Get It podcast, and this is Ashley. And Lauren. And Naz. And today, we are going to talk about sort of a sad topic, but one that is so often not talked about, mm-hmm. miscarriages. Yeah. Sorry, the tone was off there. We're going to talk about miscarriages today. And I thought, um, well, it's just like crazy, just to like start off. That everybody doesn't tell every people, you know. Yeah. We don't tell people when we're pregnant until like two and a half months mm-hmm. because you're supposed to like be out of the first trimester because you don't want to risk people Being knowing upset. that you're pregnant yeah, and, and you miscarrying. Is that yeah. like crazy? That's like a secret we keep for so it's long. Nuts. Just like the the shit. I don't like think it's shameful, but, but like, I feel like sadness. people do think it's shameful. And it was like when we talked to Becca that I feel like sparked the inspiration behind this podcast. And I feel like the older I get, I keep meeting a lot of my friends that are having miscarriages Mm -hmm. and they're so scared to tell everyone. And it is, it's just such a, it makes me sad that people are scared to say it because if we just all got on a podcast and talked about it and tried to normalize it, then maybe people wouldn't be as shamed about it. Because it happens to everyone. I don't. I mean, are a they lot part, of people. I not know everyone, it's a, like. I know people say like they feel sh- ashamed or whatever. I don't. I think that's like. I feel like they don't want to let people down. Like right. they don't want to be like, oh, I'm pregnant and everyone will be happy, and they just don't want to let people down. But really, you're probably gonna be the saddest out of everyone, so you should probably share your sadness. You know. I also feel like because for me, I'm very. I have high risk of infertility, so this mm-hmm. is like one of my biggest fears, which I'm. I'm really happy we're doing this podcast. But I think for me, I would just feel, if it does happen to me, I would feel like I'm broken, I feel like. And I I would feel like I wouldn't, I'd be scared at the fear of never being able mm -hmm. to bear a child, even though I know there's like a million other options out there. It doesn't take away the fact that some people just want to have their own. And some people can't. And that's like a really scary thing. So for me, miscarriages would be scary for me in that sense. Yeah, I Where understand that. I would be that. scared scary that maybe fear, yeah. I wouldn't be able to have one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's a lot of the fear. I think that maybe. if... I think possibly there's a lot of people who just don't know how frequent they are. And that's why they feel a certain way when they have one. Because I would like to... I should probably pull up the correct stat. But I do believe it's like one in every five women will experience miscarriage. And like one in every ten pregnancies are miscarriages yeah so like it's so common that it's something like 
I don't know that I, we should ever be. I feel like until this year, I didn't know how it. common it was. Yeah, I, sure. I am exactly yeah. with Lauren. We're like, because now I'm getting to that age, like I said, where all my friends are trying and they're mm-hmm. having it. And I'm like, I'm really happy everyone's like talking about it because yeah. if and when this happens to me, I won't be as scared Definitely. as I was like a year ago. Let's yeah. Say. I will say, like, I feel like I've known this over the past couple years, but if you were to ask me like seven mm-hmm. years ago, I would have been like, oh no, it's, it's, I would think it was a rare thing. Right. But then there's so much more to miscarriages than just like, okay, it can happen, but there's a chance you can still have a kid. It's like, I'm sure it messes with you psychologically on mm-hmm. a million levels. Oh, and I'm sure it's something that never leaves you ever. Like, remember when Jade opened up about it even, mm-hmm. you know, like no one knew, like, it's like you never forget. And it's something that stays with you forever. Definitely. I feel like I'd wake up every day thinking about it, but we have some people coming on today. We have Jamie Otis from Married at First Sight. Love her. Huge Married at First Sight fan. And she has had... How, I feel like she's had three. I don't want to speak for her. Yeah. Because Laura and I are a little bit more familiar with her situation as we followed her on Married at First Sight. I want Nas to actually lead the interview with Jamie for the first half because I want you to be able to get the point of view from a, a person who doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Like, I want you to ask questions because you, you aren't aware of her fertility struggles. Right. Um, so we're going to get her on the phone now, and then we'll talk about how... Ah, what happened? Yeah, what happened and how they're continuing to get over this and trying now because she recently miscarried a couple months ago. Okay. All right. All right, guys. We are now joined by Jamie Otis, who has a podcast of her own with her husband. Jamie, tell us what podcast they can listen to you on. Okay. So our podcast is Hot Marriage, Cool Parents. Yeah. <laughs> I love that much, title. Pretty much everything we're not. <laughs> I'm sure that you've talked about miscarriages and fertility issues on your podcast, but we wanted to give our audience a briefish summary of what you've struggled with the past, how many years has it been now? So, well, my husband and I were married at first sight five years ago, and I pretty much wanted a baby immediately. Mm-hmm. I work in labor and delivery as a nurse. And Aww. so like day in and day out delivering babies, I was always envisioning what it would look like to have my own baby. And, you know, we got pregnant about a year and a half into our marriage. And um, unfortunately, the first time that I delivered our firstborn son, Jonathan, he you know, he, it was, he was born, you know, straight went to heaven. Cause he was born like, he wasn't old enough. I was 17 weeks pregnant. So he wasn't, he wasn't compatible with life at that point. And there's really nothing they can do. Um, and I obviously I'm fully aware because I work in this mm-hmm. field. So it was literally nothing that, I mean, I literally had, had always envisioned like the first moment that, you know, I, I have my baby in my arms and my husband and what's it going to be like when I'm pushing and is it going to hurt and all these things that you always wonder before you have your first baby. And then, you know, you just never envision having to say goodbye to your first baby the same day that you meet them. So that was, you know, obviously devastating. Um, and I was very, very depressed for a very long mm-hmm. time. Um, you were 17 weeks along and you had announced this to the public that you guys are pregnant, correct? Yeah. So after, you know, typically in our like in the American culture, we tend to wait till after the first trimester to reveal your pregnancy. So we were well into our second trimester. We were on the Today Show with Kathy Lee mm-hmm. and Hoda to share our pregnancy. And then a week later, we deliver him and lose him. And it was just all such a whirlwind. Um, 
you know, because that you obviously you can't anticipate that you don't, I wasn't, I did not think that was going to happen. And, um, it was just such a whirlwind, uh, and like just the, honestly, the worst, darkest place I've ever been in my whole entire life. Um, you know, I just never felt like I would, I didn't, I couldn't imagine ever like smiling again or feeling like it was okay to smile because, you know, as a woman, like my goal in life is to be a mom. At least that was for me. It's always mm-hmm. been for me. And then to have that kind of like, and like I would see ultrasounds of him rolling around in my belly and just seeming so happy and content in there. And then literally just one day he's gone. And I just felt so like the, the deepest, darkest hole, like in my soul and in like my physical body. Like I, I was like, I have to get pregnant again. Like I, I just felt like nothing could make me happy unless I had this, had a baby uh, to like bring home and to love on and to see looking back at me smiling. And, um, yeah, I just felt, I was of course wondering like, what did I do wrong for, you know, like, did I eat something wrong? Was I exercising too much? Was I, 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 uh, host the show Married at First Light Unfiltered. So I was traveling mm-hmm. a lot and we were actually shooting the show in Miami and I was bleeding a lot. And I was like, you know, just kind of, I don't know. I didn't know. I was like, should I stop, you know, shooting the show? But then I was like, I don't want to be dramatic because, you know, that seems like, I, you know, I don't know. It's just like very dramatic to be like, wait a minute, I'm bleeding and I'm pregnant. I don't know. I just felt like it was very dramatic. And so I was like, I'm not going to do that. You know, I wasn't really in pain or anything. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'll just kind of like sit this out. But I literally remember like hoping that when I stand up, there's not going to be blood on the chair mm-hmm. because I was bleeding so much. Yeah. And and then, what you know, now when I watch that season and I see myself and I know, you know, I guess a lot of people don't know that that was like kind of the, like the start of it, I guess, of this miscarriage. Um, so it was very bittersweet for me to have to like rewatch that, you know, when it came on air because... You know, I just remember like all the the memories come flooding back to when we were shooting the show. And um, but yeah, so then, you know, I did, you know, the, I think the only thing that really brought me any sort of hope after going through that type of loss was other women who would reach out to me on Instagram and social media. And they would say, you know, they would share, honestly, they would share their stories about how they had suffered a loss as well, or someone in their family did. And it made me feel so much less alone. And I think that the, you know, had I never announced our pregnancy, I probably would have never shared this loss because I, wow. it's just, just, just not our norm right. to share it. So it was like something that you keep hush hushed and no one wants to talk about it. It's very uncomfortable, but it's almost like a bittersweet thing that we had already we had no choice but to share it out loud because right. everyone already knew we were pregnant. And what came from that was all these women, like just like almost like wrapping their arms around me, telling, yeah. sending me their stories about how they suffered a loss as well. And, you know, they've never even, some of, the, some of these women would email me or like leave a comment on my Instagram and say, I've never shared this or DM me on Instagram. So I've never shared this with anybody, but you know, this happened to me. And then they would say, and now I have this beautiful quote unquote rainbow baby, mm-hmm. which I had no idea what a rainbow rainbow baby was, but, um, a rainbow baby is a baby that, you know, you carried to term or at least you carried to life after having a loss. And, um, you know, and and literally that was the only thing that gave me hope was to hear these other women that I don't even know, uh, you know, out in, you know, Instagram or Facebook or whatever, sending me these, or even I'm like through my email, sending me their messages about how they had suffered a loss in some capacity. And then they carried a baby and this baby's healthy and they'd share pictures. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this, I want this to be me. Like, this is going to be me. And I would just kind of hold on to that hope that, 
you know, just, you know, we're going to have a baby to bring home and love and, you know, uh, and rock and hear laugh. All right, guys, Mother's Day and Father's Day is right around the corner. And you guys have heard me talk about this sponsor that I'm about to talk about like at length because I am so obsessed with the concept and idea and it's story worth. So we all have those family members that love telling stories or just family members and friends that we don't feel like we know enough or ask the right questions to. Example, my father and mother, even though on a daily basis I ask my friends questions, I feel like there's things about my mom and my dad that I don't know that I'd love to know. Like what was their grandma like or what toys, you know, if their house caught on fire, what toy would they say when they were little? Like just like random things like that. Um, I also love this for um, people who have like stories in their family that they want to be retold generation after generation. Yes. yes. That's perfect for that. So StoryWorth is basically um, a subscription service that you can gift your parents or anyone in your life that you love, but it's perfect for Mother's Day because what it'll do is it'll send them questions every week that you want answers to and you can turn it into a book afterwards and you can also actually make an audio version if they don't you know, want to type it out, which is so, so cool. But yeah, it's a hardcover printed book that they can create black and white interior with a color cover and it could be up to get this 480 pages you can oh. you can like write a oh. book yeah uh you can save and edit all your stories on storyworth.com the data is secure and everything is private by default and you control who sees your stories Again, perfect way to preserve your memories, pass on treasures to your children and their future families. Yeah. So recently, guys, I gifted this to my mom and my dad for Father's Day last year, actually, um, which is why I'm talking about it now. But I remember my dad answered a question um, and he answered it and it was about my grandmother and he sent me all these pictures and I learned all this stuff about my grandmother that I never knew, like that she was an actress (laughs) actually at a point in time in her life and that she was a host, which was crazy because I was like, oh my God. And my dad's like, yeah, you've always gotten it from your grandma. And I just, my grandma's also a nurse. So I always just knew her as a nurse. So thanks to StoryWorth, I like learned more about my family and like my heritage through that's awesome if you guys want to try StoryWorth and get $20 off go to StoryWorth S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash I-D-G-I that's our acronym guys yep I don't get it I-D-G-I so StoryWorth.com $20 off slash I-D-G-I I feel like you guys were like the first couple that I can remember that went public with a pregnancy and then had to announce the miscarriage. Do you know of any other celebrity reality couple that went through this? Um, I'm sure there's been someone, but yeah, I don't, I don't really know because I don't, I mean, not that I know of, but I'm sure there must've been someone, you know, at some point, but yeah, there really was no, like, I didn't know how to handle it at all. Obviously like, there was just no, there was no like forum on like how to like, I mm. don't know how to, how to approach it, how to talk to people about it. So I literally just did my, I was so depressed anyways. I just did my own thing. I literally would sit in my greasy hair and my sweatpants day in and day out and just, just like blog. And I don't even really blog that much anymore, but I like needed to blog on my website and just yeah. be like, just tell my story because even, even though like my family and friends, of course they love me, but it's such a taboo topic, which is just, it almost makes, it makes me angry now. Like I'm kind of at the, like past the point of like depression and sadness. I'm almost like angered that right. it's like such a taboo topic that even my family and friends, like they just don't know what to say. And that they don't, they're not, they're not meaning ill. Of course they're not, you know, but it's just like everybody, including 
women, like we just kind of turn our shoulders to this topic mm-hmm. because no one knows what to say. And it's, so then it's uncomfortable for everybody involved. And it's like, oh my gosh, someone has to start talking about this so that we can kind of just shed light on it. So it's not so taboo and it's not so uncomfortable because, you know, the woman who is suffering needs someone to just yeah, listen right. to her. And, and and it's shocking to me too, because I was like, man, if I hadn't been, if I hadn't already shared that I was pregnant and if I hadn't you know, had to be public about the loss, would I have, I mean, would I have had to just like smile? And I just think of all the women who work in a certain workplace or, you know, like maybe teachers or, you know, in a cubicle at some office and they, they don't tell anybody that they're pregnant in the first trimester because you're not supposed to. It's so quote unquote taboo. And then if they suffer a loss, they have to paste a smile on their face and yeah. go to work and no one knows. And it, I right. just, I'm like, how insensitive is that for women everywhere? And like, I get it if maybe you don't want, because my husband's always like, well, maybe some women don't want to share it. I'm like, okay, that's, that's perfectly fine. Like, absolutely. You don't have to, but why should you have to like wait to share the mm-hmm. best news of your life? You're going to love this thing. I and mean, as a woman, and you know, if you like, as a woman, the minute you get pregnant, you're like, you, you're just in love. Like yeah. you just can't even help it's like it's just like your dna and it's you can't like control that feeling and so you can't i mean i tried honestly so then when i did get pregnant with my daughter our quote-unquote rainbow baby i tried my best to to kind of protect myself to be honest like and i didn't want to be that way i told myself don't do that to like this baby but i was so terrified of losing her too and just Mm. going through that same type of depression that i would try really hard to kind of um this is like almost heartbreaking to admit out loud and i feel like i'm gonna get you know, just, it's just, this part is very heartbreaking because I don't want my daughter to ever even know this, but I would try to kind of separate myself mm-hmm. so I wouldn't get, go through that depression if God forbid I lost her. Um, because I don't know, I just, I was very scared. And so the, I remember the first time I did yoga pregnant and they'd mm-hmm. have you like put your hand on your belly and then put your hand on your heart and like, just breathe it in and connect with your unborn baby. And mm-hmm. I just bawled and bawled and bawled. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why am I not connecting with her? Like, and so then from mm-hmm. there, I was like, you know, I, but it's, it's well, such a, sense. It's a, yeah, it's a wild thing to go through as a woman. Um, and yeah, and I think it's awesome you guys are talking about it because even if you haven't gone through it, you might, I mean, it happens to one in four women. So I know, one in four. Thanks for that proper statistic. Yeah, it, it, it truly does. And, you know, I was, a, I'm, I'm a labor delivery nurse. So I was in, you know, I, I've been around so many women and I've, 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 we always hear like their histories of how many pregnancies they've had prior and it just doesn't ever feel real like you can hear a statistic and you're just like yeah whatever until it happens to you right. or like your sister or your cousin or your best friend and you know I think this is just important for us to be able to talk about it so that we can know like okay so how do we handle this like how can we support this woman who is going through such a it's, it's such a I mean, if you picture any type of a loss in your life, like it's the same thing when you have an unborn child, you know, I mean, especially when you deliver this baby and you see this baby and you just see everything that's being ripped away from you, like just right, just like that. Jamie, we literally, first of all, I'm so sorry for your loss. Like I can't imagine. And that's exactly what we're trying to do on this podcast. But since you work in this field, I actually have like a couple of questions. What biologically is a miscarriage? Like what happens to your body during a miscarriage? Well, so there's a lot of different things that can happen, but ultimately, like, so there could be something called a chemical pregnancy where your body 
kind of believes that it's pregnant. So your your HCG, your pregnancy hormones are all increasing. Your your body is physically feeling pregnant. Like you could be feeling nauseous and your breast could be tender and all those things, mm-hmm. but you're not truly pregnant because the egg never really implanted itself. Mm-hmm. And so but it just kind of like- But the sperm met the egg, but they never implanted? Right. And so it just okay. kind of passed. So your period will probably be quote unquote late, but really like they're, and, and that's why. And, and honestly, you can even come with- a positive pregnancy test. Um, and, but you wouldn't, you typically, you don't see these chemical pregnancies like 20 years ago, you wouldn't hear about them because we didn't have these early uh, pregnancy tests detecting it. But now mm. that you can take like a pregnancy test early before you miss your period, mm-hmm. you can detect it. But there's, there's, there's a, honestly, there's a realm of different things that can be categorized as a miscarriage. And ultimately what causes it is at the end of the day is either the, the, fetus doesn't grow within your body. So like the placenta might not grow in, or it may not be um, um, like for whatever. So there's a lot of, so first of all, there's blood factors. I mean, I don't want to be scientific for you, but there could be blood clotting disorders that, that run in your family that you may have that don't allow your placenta to grow in order to be able to feed your fetus essentially. Mm. Or yes, or it could, your, the egg could be, um, it could be implanted like in a, a tube. So that's called an ectopic pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And that's super dangerous because if it continues to grow within your tube, it will burst. And then that's like a medical emergency, mm-hmm. as you can imagine. I mean, there are multiple different ways that you can have a quote unquote miscarriage or a failed pregnancy. Um, so I mean, honestly, that's interesting. Like, I didn't know that before you just said that. I guess I always assumed it was like one way. It was like one thing. I didn't know that there were like yeah, multiple no. things that could lead to it. That's and that's why you can have a, a miscarriage or a loss so many different stages of your pregnancy. So, you know, typically mm. they say after the first trimester, you're in the clear. But for us with Jonathan, he, he, I, my water must have broken. So like essentially for him, it wasn't anything to do with his umbilical cord. Sometimes that could be wrapped and ter- turned into something called a true knot, which eliminates any sort of um, like oxygen, oxygen and nutrients to your baby. Yeah. But um, there could be something called a placental abruption, which, again, I don't want to get too scientific, but that's where the placenta tears off the uterine line, at, like the wall. And so then it, you just bleed out. Oh um, there's a lot of different things that can happen. You have, could have placenta previa where it, your placenta is like over your cervix. And as you begin to dilate, you'll start to bleed out again at, you know, where... A, you're at risk for hemorrhaging, having a huge amount of blood loss. B, your baby's at risk because now the placenta, which is its lifeline, is no longer attached to your body. So it's not getting enough oxygen and nutrients to your baby. There are so many different things that can wow. happen, which is why it's, it's pregnancies, not for nothing. It's kind of a, the whole ride is scary because is. things could happen at any point. And so for my, for our first pregnancy with Jonathan, I was bleeding a little bit. But every time I had an ultrasound, every he looked great. I would yeah. see him in there bouncing, and and so you know, and and, I, and and my doctor would say, "Oh yeah, this happens. You know, sometimes this just happens, and it, you know, it's just a fluke. Who knows? But babies can still be born." And my sisters were like, "Yeah, we bled a little bit, no big deal." And so mm-hmm. I was just kind of like, "Stop, you know, being dramatic, Jamie. Like, that doesn't mean you're going to lose your baby." And then after you know, once mm-hmm. I got into the second trimester, I knew the chances. The chances of like losing your baby at that point, like they fall drastically. So Mm -hmm. it's like maybe like less than 10% uh, lose their baby after the second trimester. Uh, But it still happens. And um, I guess, you know, truly I, I did have, you know, tests ran to figure out what the heck happened. And truly that we still have no idea really what happened with our firstborn son. So then we still don't know. But then the same thing, absolutely, unfortunately is the, the least I can say, 
happened after you gave birth to a healthy baby girl and then mm-hmm. you got pregnant again, you announced the baby and then you lost it again. Another one. Yeah. Well, so now I have truly after I went through the first loss with Jonathan, I don't, I, when I said before, like, you know, my family and friends, they meant well, but I never, even my husband, like, I just don't think people know how to handle it. And so my only, my only kind of form of support, the only thing that kind of like picked me up was talking to these women who were a lot of times just wanted to remain anonymous because it's kind of just such a stigma about talking about this type of thing. But these women that were sharing their stories about their own loss and, you know, the hope that they would give me when they shared that, yes, I had a loss, but then I had a healthy baby. That is what really picked me up off the gutter, like out of the, like the darkest place that I was in. And so for me, there was like a couple things that I wanted to do when, when we got pregnant again. And I made this decision and I promised our firstborn son, Jonathan, that A, I would never forget him and B, I'm going to do babies like him justice in the mm-hmm. future. And, and even if I never, you know, I never really thought that I was going to have such issues having babies. Like, I guess you just, that's not thing you just don't think of. Mm-hmm. But so, yes, yeah, so we got pregnant. We've been trying to get pregnant now for over a year with, you know, another healthy baby. And, um, we got pregnant and I was like really, really hopeful. And I was like, this time I am not waiting because for all the women who don't want to wait, I will do it first for you. I will put it out there. Let's like, like avoid this like stigma, the taboo of saying, you know, the minute I get a positive pregnancy test and the minute I feel comfortable, like within myself and I told like my family and my close friends or whoever I wanted to tell that I'm going to put it out there on social media to all my friends, as I call them. Mm-hmm. And you know, I love friends. this so much. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yes. But honestly, yes. but mostly just so that other women can feel safe to just even tell their own family and friends, like it's okay to tell them early because God forbid you lose the pregnancy. You need support. Yeah, like you you can't just do that all by yourself and paste a smile on your face. So I like almost like made it my mission to like, and it's hard too. honestly, it's, it is, it was very, it's very scary to, to put it out there because, you know, you just don't want to go through that. I guess I, I don't know. We have to take a moment for one of our very favorite sponsors. They are going to make your home feel like your home. They're going to bring you joy. They're going to bring joy into your home. Everybody wants a haven, a special place that feels unique to them. And Joy Bird Furniture empowers you to create the furniture and space that brings you the most joy. It's going to make your house feel like a home. I know that sounds cliche, but truly their pieces are unique and it's going to make you feel this way. Joy Bird offers a range of kid and pet friendly upholstery, which is what I need in my life because I got dogs running around everywhere. And my favorite part about Joy Bird is that you can personally design your piece. And I officially know I'm old guys because I get more joy out of interior <laughs> designing my apartment and Same. going to yeah. design places and design websites than I do almost doing most other things in life. And so I bought this um, brown wooden chair from Joy Bird. It's an accent chair in my living room. It's absolutely stunning. I got it with like gray um, cotton upholstery. And what's really awesome about Joy Bird is they have like other alternatives and options on their website. So what I did was I went on Joy Bird and I was, I like changing things up. So I ordered brown leather cushions for my Joybird chair. And now it's a completely different chair. So mm-hmm. they offer so many different options for you to just switch things up. You can switch and it to be like it's all at an affordable too. price. Yes. It, it, the chair looks like it's like 
a thousand, thousand, thousand dollars. And if you guys are unsure about anything, they have a 360 day home trial. So skip the furniture store and bring the showroom home. You can buy the piece, design it exactly the way you want it, put in your house and decide if it fits your like aesthetic. See how Joybird can help you design your dream space by going to joybird.com slash get it. That is J-O-Y-B-I-R-D dot com slash get it. And you're going to receive an exclusive offer for 25% off your first order by just using the code get it. That is an amazing offer. You can find start looking at furniture at joybird.com today. Find your joy today at joybird.com slash get it. Jamie, why do you think this has become so taboo? Like what happened in society like throughout the years? Like why do you think it is so shameful to some women? Well, because A, the first feeling you get and you wonder if others are wondering too is like, what did you do wrong in your pregnancy? Like what did you do wrong? Like did I not take all my vitamins right? Did I like exercise too hard? Did I not eat properly? Like, was I too stressed? Was I traveling too much? Like, I mean, you think of every single question that you did wrong because where our bodies are supposed to nurture these babies. So instantly you blame blame it on yourself. But can all those things lead to a miscarriage? Like stress, (laughs) traveling too much. Can those things lead to a miscarriage? Uh, So like, like our DNA, like we're structured that if, if we're not like in the healthiest state, then of course, like we're not going to be able to carry a baby, unfortunately. But that's just like, so technically yes, but also no. I mean, there are crack addicts that are not in the healthiest state Mm -hmm. and they have babies who are born addicted. So you can't blame it on yourself. And and, and that's the thing is that, and I, but really, I think the other thing, there's two things I think that make it taboo. I think a, you, uh, you blame yourself and you don't want others to blame you. You don't want people to like I don't know. You just don't want that. You don't want anybody to to question, I guess, what you've done, but or you know, to or what you haven't done, I guess, in order to be able to carry this baby full term. But B, no one talks about it. Like so, the fact that I don't think it has recently become taboo. I think that it's been taboo for years and years right. and years and years, and it's just it's just now it's women. I think almost like with social media, the fact that we can kind of talk anonymously on there if we wanted to. Um, and we can, re- we see other women going through the same thing, but before it was like always just communities and like, you just didn't really want, like, it was always uncomfortable to talk about for, because no one ever talked about it. And so therefore it's just, it, there's like this, a stigma associated with, with like, well, you know, with like chatting about this, but most, but also like sharing before your second trimester, because then it's like, Ooh, then if you lose it, you know, right. then you have to talk about it. And so, it's like, oh, really? <laughs> So you, when you announced the baby in this past fall, 2018, yeah. you were, you did announce a little early. It wasn't a full I three know. months, right? That's now, did you do that on purpose? You did on purpose. Okay. I just wanted to like clarify that was on purpose. And okay. that's something you are continuing to strive for, right? Like for people around yeah. the world to be excited when they're pregnant and not if I pee on the stick and saw positive, I'd run around telling strangers I, know, I was pregnant. I think yeah. I, yeah. I want to do Some the people same. do tell strangers and don't tell their friends oh, and family, I would tell which is really interesting, know. right, Jamie? Like, But I, I imagine this is such an isolating feeling, especially, like, what was it like with your husband? Because they, it's not like they're carrying it, but it's also their child. Was that, was that also yeah, hard that for him crazy. to, like, relate to that feeling? Can you talk about that a little bit? Uh, what do you mean, though? Like, what, like to... Like, the how loss. does the loss feel for That's them weird. being that it wasn't in their body? Like, do you feel you know very so isolating in the feeling? 
Yeah. So I know you guys are obviously friends with Jade and Tanner, and they were yeah. just on our podcast. They were just in our and- apartment before we got on the phone with you. <laughs> oh, really? That's so funny. <laughs> um, so, you know, we were talking about that because because I feel like the men kind of get like like the shaft of it all because they, it's not their baby. And they honestly, they don't have the same connection that a woman does with the speed obviously they're not growing it, but yet they do still have feelings. I mean, that is still their unborn child. And I, I think that they're so quick to be like, I think that they're very quick to just kind of like support their wives and just kind of like put them, like brush themselves aside. Like I know for sure my husband was like that. And I know for sure Tanner was because he was just saying that. And I think that there's something like this also needs to be talked about. Like men have feelings too, and that's their baby too. And it's hurtful and painful for them as well. It's just, you know, again, uncomfortable to talk about for everybody involved. And so, you know, I guess you just, I guess they just don't talk about about it but a hundred and I think that they grieve differently too so that's another thing that I think is so important for women to know is that men it, it don't you worry mama like they're they're obviously hurting as well that their baby just lost like they just lost their baby okay I'll just give you an example so my so with Jonathan with our this this baby our firstborn son who we delivered we're in the hospital and I'm bleeding like profusely. I'm in so much pain because I'm, I didn't know it, but I was like in labor about to deliver him. And I didn't necessarily, like, I didn't think that 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 wasn't supposed to happen like that. And, um, my husband, I kid you not, he's on his work laptop while we're in the waiting room. Uh, And I'm like, what are you doing? And he, and I'm like, go get the nurse. I'm bleeding. Like I need help. Like, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, my emotions are all over the the place and so then he like puts his work away and I'm like like and then I kid you not you know we deliver our son and you basically say goodbye to him and then go home and just kind of like Mm. numb and the next day my husband wakes up and goes to work I'm like um really like what are you like and I literally sat alone inside our house in the dark all by myself just like crying like a fool and but and I didn't necessarily think until a couple of days. I mean, I wasn't even thinking straight, like how that seems so insensitive of my husband, but like really they, he was going through so much himself and he didn't know how to handle it. He didn't know how to cope. And so his thing for me, I like literally sat like just like a blob on a couch all day in the dark and like didn't do a thing. And I cried, but my husband was like, I need to, he just had to get back to like normal mm-hmm. life and work. And that was just how he was trying to cope. And so, so that seems so insensitive. And I just, I guess I want like other women, like I want women to know that if their husband acts in a way that doesn't seem like they're sad, you know, mm-hmm. or it doesn't seem like they're, they, they seem to care or whatever the case may be like, don't necessarily think that they don't care or that they're not sad because they are like, it's just one of those things you don't know how you do not know how you're going to handle it until it happens to you. And then, you know, you just kind of, you just, live and you don't even like you're just so numb to the world that you don't even pay attention to your actions you don't even know like what you're doing because you're just so numb to the world really like you're just like oblivious to everything that's going on this is like a horrible question but i'm 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 asking it for the people out there who are thinking this baby was like well what are you at 17 months how old are you let me do the uh, how the baby like about four, four months, months. You're about four months. So a lot of people out there are probably thinking four months, is this really a baby? Is this really a human yet? And they may be wondering why you felt so attached and attached to to something that wasn't full term yet. 
Okay. So I mean, I, I don't you- believe I don't believe this at all. I'm seriously asking for the people out there who are thinking it's not a you know, it's 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 not, not alive yet. Let me tell you that when we when I delivered my son Jonathan and I, I literally could hold him in my hand. He had eyes, a nose, ten fingers, ten toes. He was a perfectly formed little baby boy. Mm-hmm. I'm genitalia. I mean, I, w- I remember Doug and I were like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, like he's definitely a boy because he has a penis. Like, it was just shocking. Like, he mm-hmm. was a perfectly formed human being, just super duper tiny. And Aww. I mean, I remember I would, I kissed his. I would try to kiss him, and his skin was so so sensitive that it like stuck to my lips and then I felt like I was hurting him and I was like like so he's they are at four months first of all they are fully formed like they're just not compatible with life they just Mm -hmm. need to develop and grow more within your womb and if you're not and that's the hard part that's really painful Mm -hmm. is that for whatever reason my body wasn't able to carry him and other than that though he was he seemed to be a perfectly normal healthy baby and I my water broke. And so I had absolutely no amniotic fluid and that's not compatible with life. And, you know, and then the rest is history. And I don't, and I don't know what, what, what caused that. I mean, I wish they could tell me literally stop eating like kale. And I would say, okay, I'll never eat kale again. Like if that's what caused it or never like people think chemicals. So like if I wear a perfume, I'm like, okay, I will never wear that perfume. Tell me what it was. I'll never do it again. Like I wish I knew I have no idea. Okay, so we're going to take a break to talk about one of our favorite sponsors. They are the coolest, best wireless earbuds that I've ever used. They're called Raycon, and I see Jared's little Raycon box everywhere we go. (laughs) He carries these earbuds around in his pocket, um, in every backpack he has. It's just he loves these earbuds, and so do I. They're half the price. They're they're half the price of the other premium wireless headphones. That's so basically, they're so much bomber. You know which ones we're talking about, right? But <laughs> those are by that guy. And these are co-founded by Ray J. And celebrities like Snoop Dogg are obsessed. So if Snoop is using Raycon... And listening to music through these Raycons... I'm pretty sure you would, you know, you're going to like your Raycons. Absolutely. And for some reason, I feel like my ears are shaped a little weird. So like the average earbud doesn't comfortably fit in my ear, but Raycons e wireless earbuds totally are comfortable and they're easy to take anywhere but again like lauren was saying my favorite part about it is that they like other earbuds cost hundreds of dollars and these are half the price so you're getting really good quality earbuds for half the price jared's here to butt in well i heard you guys talking about these headphones and i can tell you personally because i wear them at the gym every single day they do not fall out of my ears Mm. which is huge for bluetooth uh, and then what was I going to say? Oh, that little case that you're talking about mm-hmm. that you find everywhere. That's actually not only just a case for them, but charger. the charger as well, which Dang. I find very convenient because all you have to do is plug the cord in so and clutch. then bada bing, bada boom, bada it's charging. Bing, bada boom. And, and they're I, stylish. They're not ugly. Which oh, is yeah. like, hello, I, number I got to say one more thing about these things. I can't stand using wire. If you're still in the old school and you're using wired headphones, they're the worst because when you're working out, you, you hit them out of your ear and nothing's more annoying. Or if you're on a plane and they're stuck in the TV thing, every time you walk by or like make a move, boo, 
room and detangling them is the worst. It's like five minutes out of your life just trying yeah. to like unknot them. So you just right. put them in this little box, you know, charge them. They come in a, many different colors and they come at an unbeatable price. So go to buyraycon.com. Spell that out. That's B U Y. That's buy. Oh, yeah. I'm spelling it. B U Y R A Y C O N.com and use the promo code Get it 20. That's G E T I T 20 to get 20% off your order. That's the promo code Get it 20 at buyraycon.com for 20% off the Raycon wireless earbuds. So if you guys have been eyeing a pair, now is the time to get an amazing deal. Again, one more time it's buyraycon.com, promo code Get it 20. All right, back to the podcast. So, Jamie, there's no way, like, there's no. There's still a lot of people out there that have no idea why they had a miscarriage. So I guess we're not that far along technology-wise and study-wise where we know the exact things that cause them. Is that I'm just learning this now. Well, there are so there are different I mean, I've taken, I can't even tell you how many tests at this point. So, um, I've taken so many different lab tests, but yeah, you're right. I mean, truly like that's nuts. Yeah. That yeah, I always I, thought people like knew, I guess I would just assume people knew like what the reason was. Like I have well, endometriosis and fibroids. Right. So I know I'm a little more prone to infertility than the average woman. So for me, you do? oh my goodness, that's, yeah, yeah. that is that's a yeah. scary. Yeah. yeah. Cause the fibroids grow on my ovary and the endo yeah. grows all over that area. So that's already like, so to me, I'm like, okay, maybe I'm one it's of those women that that's prone. That. Yeah. But I guess that's nuts that it could like, that it's one out of four women and a lot of women don't know why. But what's incredible is that you did have a kid after, which yeah. that's what a rainbow child is, is a child that's born after a miscarriage. Yeah. Or yeah. stillborn. Um, that's incredible. But it's, that, it, this thing is just, it's very like, um, it's, I'm so question. curious about it. It's so so well, the thing about, the thing about the rainbow baby is that it's the idea that a rainbow comes after every storm and you are literally in a storm at whether it be infant loss or pregnancy loss, it's a effing storm. And you're so like, it is the worst storm of your life. And then when you have this baby that you were delivered and she's crying and looking at you and you're like, Oh my God, like it, it was truly a rainbow after the storm. Mm-hmm. Like I get it now, like why they call it a rainbow baby. What are some like symptoms, like physical symptoms that you would feel like when you're about to have a miscarriage or you think you're going to have a miscarriage that you could look for? So ultimately when you're miscarrying, you're, you're essentially in like you're delivering, like, so you Uh could expect like, well, you would, well, you could, you could definitely expect uh, cramping, like heavy cramps, uh, definitely like bright red bleeding and a lot of it, um, those are like the two, like that's like the two main things is like bleeding a lot and really heavy cramps, like the worst period cramps you've ever had in your life. Mm, okay. Because you're essentially contracting, like having contractions. Speaking of this, um, Alec Baldwin's wife uh, this month said, announced to the public that she felt like she was on the verge of having a miscarriage. She was having those symptoms and then she ended up having one. How powerful did you think that was that she came out and admitted all that? Wow, I actually did not know oh, that. Oh, really? No, I didn't. So oh, wait, yeah. what happened? She like went on her Instagram. She was like, I'm having symptoms of a miscarriage. I've had a couple before. I have a feeling this baby is not going to be with me very oh. much longer. And then like a oh. week after mm. saying all that, oh. as she was experiencing the symptoms, they did announce that they had the miscarriage. But she said she wanted to get out there and tell women 
because I think we're moving. I think we're moving the needle. I feel like more people are opening up about it. It makes me so happy. How Jamie, how long were you sad? I mean, I'm sure obviously it's a loss. So forever in your life, you will always be grieving essentially. But, but in that almost depressive state that you described, like how long was that after? You know, what's interesting. So I've had three losses since my husband. So in the last five years, my husband and I have had three losses. And with Jonathan, he, I delivered him. And so I, saw him and he was my firstborn child but like it's that I don't I mean I'll probably never I don't know if I'll ever get over that like truly because I I connected with him in such a way you know but it's funny because for him you know I I really feel more connected to him and I really believe that he's in heaven and I'm going to see him again someday I mean I genuinely believe that in my heart you are and then, but with the chemical pregnancy, you know, it was so early that really their fetus hadn't even been formed. And this seems, you know, almost like insensitive, but I was almost thankful because I was like, good, like if I couldn't handle another baby like Jonathan, like I was just so thankful it happened so early. Also like, like so devastated at the same, it was a mix of emotions. So with Jonathan, I would, I'm still like just bummed. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know I'll ever get over that, but right. It, and the, the deep depression lasted for seriously six months. Like, and I wouldn't admit it out loud because I was embarrassed to admit that. Like, I felt like I was supposed to move on and be happy and people probably didn't understand why I was still sad. So I was like, let me just pretend like I'm happy. But I was so depressed for six months. And then, and pretty much six months later, I got pregnant with my daughter and I swear, like, I, that's wow. what took me out of it. Wow. So like, on, her, on his due date, I got pregnant. I found out that I was pregnant with our daughter and... Uh, oh my God, that's yeah. nuts. Yeah. What, uh, what advice do you have? Because I have friends that are currently going through similar experiences. You what, do? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, that have had like two miscarriages. And I have a friend actually. What do you say to someone in that state? Like how can you be there for them? What advice do you have for people around yeah. for, that have okay. friends and family that have gone through this? Yeah. Okay. So first of all, I think this is the best question that you've asked like all day, because I think that that's what everyone is dying to know. Like, Mm -hmm. what do you say to someone who's going through this? And, uh, I think that honestly, there's not an awful lot you can say. I mean, you can't say, first of all, I'll tell you what you shouldn't say. Cause I'll tell you for sure that I know that it's just insensitive and hurtful. And even though you think that it might be nice for the person to hear, it's not. Okay. So one thing you should never say is, Oh, at least, you know, you can get pregnant. because oh people do say that actually and they say that and i I think that people say out of love i I mean i don't know like i literally i remember this so i this this most recent loss i had twice now people like two of my good friends is what i mean like i've heard of more than that but like two of my good friends have said so i know they mean out of love and they said at least you know you can get pregnant and i'm like oh like i just want to be like i I don't say anything back to them because i love them i know that they just mean well but like that it's just it's like so insensitive because i'm like yeah, but I, I like, I want to have a baby. Like, I don't want to just get pregnant. I want to bring this baby home and love it and nurture it. And I don't want to go through this, like the emotions of like believing that I'm going to have this baby prepping for it, feeling, I mean, morning sickness, like just the whole nine yards and then just to lose the baby. Mm-hmm. Like, so anyways, that's, that like triggers a nerve with me, obviously. <laughs> so don't say that. Um, and so, and you never say, oh, everything happens for a reason. Okay. The mom can say that, but it's, this is like a total double standard. Like never say, oh, it happened for a reason. Or it's just like, what good reason are you given a child and taken it taken away from you? You know, right. whether, and also things like, at least it was early. Like even like the mom can say that. Like I literally just sat here and was like 
secretly, like, like I have always been kind of secret about being almost thankful that it was a chemical pregnancy and not a full blown baby, because obviously like for, at least for me, that made it a bit easier, but that doesn't mean that someone else can say that to me, like, because it hurts. It's painful. Like I'm like, but I still, I would have loved to not have a chemical pregnancy and to, you know, actually have a sibling for my daughter. Um, so there, those are a couple of things that I would say definitely don't say, and I'm actually currently writing my second book. It's taken me forever because I have a kid, <laughs> which I'm very thankful for. <laughs> um, but I'm writing a second book on pregnancy and going to share a whole slew of these things because there's just, it's just not talked about enough. Um, but some things that you can do in there, cause there's really not an awful lot you can say, but what you can do is just there for that person. Yeah. So literally say, Hey, and, and also honor the child by saying, you know, you know, I, I love that baby too. And, you know, I, like, I can, I, you know, I can't imagine what you're going through right now. I, you know, if you've never experienced loss, then you can say, I've never experienced this. I have no idea what you're going through right now, but I was really, you know, I really love that baby too. And then just listen, let the woman spill out. She will spill out her feelings and just listen. Don't try to fix it. Like, don't try to say anything to make her feel better, which, because that's how you're going to get caught saying something that Definitely. might seem sweet, but like really it's probably insensitive. And literally all you can, you can say this too. I don't know what to say, like, and say yeah. it in a loving way. Like, I don't know what to say, but I want you to know I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. And I love you. And I love that baby. And that will be, you have no idea how much that would do for a woman. Like yeah. truly. Yeah. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I don't want to like get super graphic here, but you talk about how you really gave birth to Jonathan. And the so there's that kind of miscarriage where it's a little bit later term and it's almost like that birthing process. And then yeah. there's then there's times where it's just a lot of blood like how it how is a typical miscarriage if it's like three months or below well at three months the baby is also formed so if you were to you have to go to the hospital and like get a procedure yeah a lot of times well it depends not necessarily it depends honestly it depends on type the type of practice that you're whether you see a midwife a midwife would say no you don't have to go to the hospital you would just do an ultrasound to make sure that essentially the the procedure is a dne or a dnc and the idea is that it would kind of like clean out your insides to make sure that there's no fragments left because if there are then your uterus won't be able to heal properly won't be able to close properly and you'll be at risk for infection hemorrhage multiple different things and but What's scary is if you had something like an infection that could prevent you from having a proper pregnancy mm-hmm. later on. Mm-hmm. So there's, there, it, but our bodies, I mean, one in four, this happens to one in four women. So our bodies, like if there's anything wrong with a baby, you know, our bodies almost like know like that ahead before any sort of, sort of science knows. That's another thing too, that you don't ever want to say to a woman, but it's kind of good to know if you ever go through it yourself is, and it's, and it hurts like hell still. Like I'm not even going to pretend it doesn't, but to know that your body knew that this baby may, may not have been, you know, a 
fully healthy baby, you know, it just knew before anybody, even science could figure it out first. Like that, that always kind of like reassured me, but you don't wow. want to say that to a woman because they right. don't necessarily. But I never beautiful. knew that. Well, that's, wow. Yeah. Your body. I mean, that's, that's like our, that's like human nature, you know, like way back from the stone age. I mean, this has been happening for ever since our existence. And so yeah. our body will know to naturally rid of something that's not compatible with life or that isn't, mm. you know, like a, a healthy, you know, child, I guess. And sometimes it doesn't happen. And then that's when we end up with children with disabilities. Uh, if it's not caught, you know, or detected early, whether by science or by your body. So, but anyways, um, yeah, so you could go to the hospital to have the DNA or the DNC, which is where they drain out, you know, they like, you like eliminate everything out of your uterus and make sure that it's all gone so that it can you know, heal properly Mm -hmm. and you can carry a baby next. Or if you're early enough, then like three months and earlier, then you would, you know, if you miscarry, you know, naturally, then chances are you would just do a quick ultrasound with your midwife or maybe not even that. You don't even have to check on it. And just if you're not bleeding anymore, then if you don't have pain or any sort of discomfort, then you're, you can be sure that, you know, your body took care of, you know, the business itself, I guess. Jamie, did you ever see the movie Roma? No, no. Um, mm, what's that about? It's well, it was. It's on Netflix, but um, I don't want to say any spoilers, so I won't say anything further. Since okay, you've never seen but it, but it? yeah, I think you should actually. Um, it's in Spanish, but there's subtitles. But anyways, um, I don't know if you want to go back to this place, but did you? I, I'm curious to know, just because if this ever happens to me, did you have time to say bye to Jonathan? Like, what was that? I. Yeah, I did. I, I like, I made time because I'll tell you what, sometimes nurses are, I'm a nurse. So I said this already. So I feel like I can say this and other nurses aren't going to hate me for it, but nurses are effing busy. We are so, so busy in the hospital. And sometimes, um, you know, it's like I said, this is still so taboo and uncomfortable for everyone. So what I didn't deliver on a labor and delivery floor. So if you deliver on a labor and delivery floor, they will definitely treat you with the utmost like mm. patience and respect. But I delivered in like, in like a stretcher basically oh, in the no. hospital. Yeah. And so they're like, crap. Oh, no. Like if you deliver your baby in the ER, like, like they're like, crap, like get this. Like they're, they're so, it's just so uncomfortable for them. Cause it's yeah. like not their realm. So they're like, Oh my God, get rid of, like, just get rid of everything. Like, even if it was a healthy baby, they're like, send this baby up to the L and D floor now. Oh, no. Like, I don't want to do this. Like, it's just uncomfortable for them. Just like if someone came in with like a stab wound, I'd be like, send them to the ER. Yeah, I can't exactly. deal with it. You know, like, yeah. that's not my thing. Like, give me a vagina. I got it. <laughs> but, um, so, so that being said though, if, if a woman, like my best advice to a woman who is suffering a loss, whether it be, you know, an early miscarriage or a little bit later on, you demand that time. And that's exactly what I did. I was like, do not take my baby from me mm-hmm. immediately because mm-hmm. I wanted to love on him and let him know that I loved him with my whole heart and soul. And I wanted him. He, you know, I, uh, I can't even, yeah. So my best advice to a mama going through it is like, you demand their patience and you say, I want to say goodbye to my, my child. And maybe your child's not, sometimes they have like cleft lips or they aren't fully formed and you know, some capacity. And that's scary sometimes to look at because we're not used to seeing it, but don't let anybody rush you. Like you tell them that you need time with this, with this baby. And because how, how else can you say goodbye? You know, like, uh, yeah, 
So I, I definitely, I did. We, my husband and I, you know, we just sat staring at him and just like bawling and just wondering like what on earth happened where we, I mean, we were like planning his like gender reveal party and baby showers. And then he's just there in our arms, but not breathing. And it was like, what, like what just happened? And then I, I just wanted him to know that he was loved and, you know, we will spend the rest of our life, you know, thinking of him and loving on him from afar. You're incredible. You know that. Oh, well, thank you. But I, it's, you know, what's sad is that there's so many women go through this and, you know, it's just so sad to me that it's like, it's like literally such a taboo topic. Like the fact that that girl, what's her name? Hilaria Baldwin. Yeah. Uh, that like, that's like newsworthy because it's, it's just like, that should be like, that's like, this is happens with so many women and it should just be, it should just become our, it should be our norm. Like, so that other women who don't have a platform will have like the support and the love from their own family and friends and like the, like their church or their community, you know, mm-hmm. honestly, thanks to you. I feel like it's, so we're going to get like, tens of thousands so of people are going to feel better about this. And you're well, just I, so, I so incredible. So incredible. Aww. And feel, and be much more informed after the 45 minutes you just gave them. I'm, they are totally in a different place when it comes yeah. to this, Aww. knowing about this topic. So well, thank, I hope so. Thank you so much, Jamie. It was really, really great listening to your story. It, and, um, Honestly, we're always thinking about you and rooting for you. Yeah. We can't thank you enough. And you're literally changing the world. And honestly, this Uh is like beyond my wildest dreams of like how this podcast could have turned out. Because I feel like it's going to affect and impact like a lot of people listening and women going through the same thing you are. Uh, Well, I hope that they know that they're not alone at the end of the day, that they're not alone. And there are communities out there for support if they need it. Um, (sighs) And Lauren... Let me know when you're ready to get married at first sight. Oh, definitely. <laughs> um, hey, I, when I I'm ready you, right now. I think of you teaching Ben how to kiss. Oh, my God. <laughs> he, God oh, knows, me. needed it. And oh, yeah, no matter God. how embarrassing that moment may have been when it aired, like, literally seven years ago, you were in the right. You were in the okay? right. Okay? We were all like, what is he doing? We were saying it before you said it, uh, before it aired that you said Wait, it. Wait, what's his last oh. name? Flannick? Ben Flannick. For our listeners out there who doesn't who don't know, Jamie was on Ben Flannick's season and she taught him taught him how to kiss because he did not know how to use his tongue. <laughs> not even his tongue. He didn't know how to lip lock. Yeah. He just went pick peck 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 peck. Anyway, anyway <laughs> all right. Peck, peck, peck. You can let's check out her podcast. Cool wait, it's cool parents, hot marriage, hot marriage cool, cool parents. parents. <laughs> yeah, and where can we find you on cute. social media, James? Yeah, so I'm at Jamie and Otis. And truly, if there's anyone out there who is going through a loss or knows someone who's gone through a loss, you just shoot me a message and I'll be happy to to help, you know, help you in, some, in any way that I can, really. Amazing. You're great. You're yeah. amazing. We love Thank you. Thank you Thanks, so Jamie. much. Bye. Oh, Bye, guys. Bye. That was unreal. Like, she was so raw and unfiltered, and I truly feel like Jamie's story is going to help change the world. Also, and like, that's exactly what I wanted this podcast yeah, she, to Yeah, she like, taught a lot of information. She gave us a lot of information. Oh, yeah. It's so emotional. Yeah, it's a real yeah. loss. I well, think that because of Jamie, it was kind of why I was talking to you before about, like, being like, no, I think, like, it's starting to be talked about more. Like, I don't know if women are thinking the exact same way. Mm-hmm. I think she was definitely one of the conversation starters for the yeah. public. Because I don't, no one comes to my 
mine. I'm sure there are a lot. And actually, I feel like, like there is a big like celebrity, celebrities, though. But I can't, for some reason, I just can't think of it. Right yeah. I can't think of celebrities who have really talked about infertility issues, except for like Nicole Kidman, who's never talked about it, but everybody always assumed. Oh, oh. I never knew that about Nicole. Well, well, we're going to talk to some of the I don't get it um, people on our message boards, and they have a couple of stories of their own. So we're going to give Alex a call. All right. We got Alex on the phone. Alex, hello. Hi, ladies. How are you? Hi. Would you like to share your story of your miscarriage? Yeah, I actually have two stories. Um, Well, starting last April, so one year ago, we had announced to our families on Easter, so April Fool's Day last year was Easter, that we were pregnant. And three days later, we went in for an ultrasound. It should have been an almost 12 weeks along ultrasound Mm -hmm. um, and learned that our, I guess our baby had lost her heartbeat almost two and a half weeks prior to that. She was only, yeah, she was only measuring at eight and a half weeks when we went in for a 12 week appointment. So they labeled it a missed miscarriage because my body had zero signals that anything was wrong. Like all of my symptoms were still there. I had no changes in my body whatsoever. So that was so awful because we had just had this huge celebration with my family and my husband's family and celebrating this big momentous moment in our life just to have it crashing down three days later. Mm. Um, Mm. So we were given a few options. Oh, it's okay. Thank you. So we were given a few options and we went for the surgery option Um, so we had a DNC the next day and if you want the biggest, I don't get it ever. (laughs) They were, they sent us in the next morning and my surgery was scheduled for 10 AM, but they wanted us there at eight so I could get some blood work done. Uh I got there at eight, got my blood work done. And then they had told me, Oh, our blood work machine isn't working. So we can't read your blood work and get your surgery started until we can get your blood work read. And I'm like, Oh, sweet. oh, okay. <laughs> and I wasn't allowed to eat anything. Oh, and Lord. so they said, uh. you need to come back at one o'clock in the afternoon and we'll try again. So I literally just drove home oh, my and God. sat on the couch and pretty much cried for a few hours until I went back and then had my surgery later that day, but was uh. so hungry at the end because I hadn't eaten pretty much for 24 hours wow. that I had um two western bacon cheeseburgers from carl's jr and did not feel bad about it <laughs> fuck yeah girl. Fuck. that diet okay wait what is no. it what does dnc search? stand yeah. for uh dnc um i don't i can't pronounce the words correctly but pretty much what they did is they put me under um i was under anesthesia i was put out and then they open your uterus and pretty much scrape you clean so it's and like they, a real like under like in the OR type surgery. Yes. I mm-hmm. heard that you can take a pill and do the whole procedure at home kind of. Yeah. Is that you, true? You can. Yes, you can. That was one of the many options they gave us. But my doctor was, you know, she didn't make me feel too comfortable with that option yeah. because she's like, you have the possibility of like bleeding out. One, oh, Lord. Which is not what you want to have happen. Okay. But, I'll take but, any <laughs> other option. Thank you. Right. But the second problem that you could potentially have is not everything passes on its own. So you would have to have surgery regardless if it didn't pass on its own. Why would they even give that as an option? Because some people just don't want to have to have surgery if they possibly don't have to. Yeah. So I get, uh, I get I, that. 
I was so like, just get it done and over with because I don't want to deal with it. And if you can get it all out, like whatever. Um, so we went that route. We ended up paying a lot of money out of pocket for it, but I mean, it is, it's the choice that we made at the time. It wasn't covered by insurance. Not to like get into your insurance, not to get into your insurance plan. (laughs) I'm sure some will cover it, but yes, yes. Not all of it was covered. I think it ended up being almost $20,000. Yeah. It was like almost $20,000 and I paid about $4,500. You paid $4,500. Okay. I was so angry sitting there because they kept making me sign the papers and making me do the payments. Are you fucking kidding me? And I'm like, oh my gosh, like you guys really just don't want to make this any easier for me. It was wow, so awful. What a terrible, terrible day. I don't it like was. that hospital. Let's call them out. Well, it's not yeah. just the hospital. Um, yeah, it is. They sent was- her home because their blood thing was <laughs> oh, not well, working. Yeah, they, I would have yeah. I fucked no, him out yes, with the president yes, the next yes. day. Do you know what they did to her emotions? <laughs> no, yeah. I forgot yes. about that it was part. Really Fuck that hospital. emotional, like, so it messes with your mind. You had a we ended up- second miscarriage, you said, and that was a blighted ovum. Can you explain to us what yeah. that is? So, um... I got pregnant. We found out we were pregnant again on Thanksgiving. So I had shown my husband my pregnancy test and I was like, we have something extra to be thankful for this year. And we were like, we had this cute moment. And then I started doing all my blood work and my blood work wasn't going well. So my, when you get a positive pregnancy test, it's checking your HCG levels. So when you start doing your blood work, your HCG level should be doubling every like two to three days. And mine wasn't doubling. It was raising, but not enough. And then your progesterone, which helps to support the baby making, my progesterone was going down. And so in the end, I had gone to the doctor because I was like, I don't understand what's going on. So she said, you have a blighted ovum, which essentially is your baby sack grows, but there was no baby growing inside of it. So my body had realized that once our egg and our sperm got together, that it was already not going to go well. So my body being as smart as it was, just shut it down right away, but still grew this sack. So in that case, because I had a sack growing, I decided to take the medicine to pass that on its own because it wasn't as severe or as far along as our first miscarriage. So... That one wasn't as fun because I was traveling when that started to pass on its own. Oh, wow. So I was, a, I was a little miserable for that, but... I don't want to ask graphic questions, but... No, like, you're fine. Where, do, you do you, like, wear go a big toilet or... Um, yeah, so it, it, when it first started, it felt like a severe period. Like, my periods aren't very bad at all. Like, I have some mild cramping, but nothing that sets me down <laughs> and... This one, I was like, my legs were shaking so bad because my my cramps were horrible. Um, But then the cramps went away and then I felt better. And then two days later, not to sound graphic, I passed what was like a little bigger than a golf ball blood clot that was very obviously like a baby sack. sack, And it, yeah, and it was like, okay. (laughs) And I wasn't quite sure what to do with it. So it was one of those awkward moments of like, well, now I'm what? Flush it down. <laughs> yeah, wow. it was that so, is so odd. Like, it was kind of odd. Yeah. Did, so, was, so the first one was a missed miscarriage, which mm-hmm. that's the first time I've actually ever heard that term when you said it. And the second yeah. one was a different reason. And I, we just learned talking to Jamie before you that mm-hmm. actually a lot of women don't know what the actual cause is. Like they know what happens right. biologically. Do you know 
what the actual cause is or does no one know? So yeah, my first one, we decided because I had the surgery to get that tissue tested. So they sent the tissue to wherever they send it to. And it came back that that fetus had what was called Turner syndrome. So essentially, essentially it's the opposite of Down syndrome. So Down syndrome, they have an extra chromosome where Turner syndrome, they have one less chromosome and they, my doctors had actually told me that's one of the most common forms of miscarriages. I don't know how accurate that is, but they had told me that Um, because when your fetus has Turner syndrome, that your body just knows like this baby won't survive out in the world because of the way that their genetic makeup is. So it just kind of shuts it down. But I mean, mine was a missed miscarriage because her heartbeat had, oh, so Turner syndrome only happens in girls. So when we found out that we had a fetus with Turner syndrome, we learned that she was a girl. Yeah. Excuse my naivete, but but can Turner syndrome be born into life? Yes. Mm -hmm. So most fetuses who have Turner syndrome end up um, passing in utero. So you end up having a miscarriage, but the ones that do survive don't live a fulfilling life from what I was reading when we learned about it. I obviously don't know anybody with Turner syndrome, so I don't know how accurate that is. But you know, when you're, when you have this awful thing happen to you, you want to read all about it. So a lot of what I read about was girls who have Turner syndrome don't live as much of a fulfilling life as you possibly could. Okay. So that, you know, for us was, okay, yeah. So yeah, she has her angel wings and she's safe in heaven and, you know, we'll have our, our rainbow baby eventually. So that was the first one with the blighted ovum. They just said it's, so Turner syndrome and blighted ovums both can be a fluke is what they say, quote unquote fluke. Mm-hmm. But it has to do with your genetics. And so we actually, after the blighted ovum, went to go speak to a genetic counselor um, because I don't like that it's happened twice. You know, right. but the doctors are like, these things just happen. And and I, I'm a teacher. So like your body can be stressed sometimes and stress can play a huge part in having a healthy pregnancy. And so they're like, it could just be a fluke. And so we sat with this genetic counselor and she pretty much said, you guys don't have any red flags, but if we wanted wow. to get our blood checked, it would have cost us $3,000. And it was just like, no. So okay. what <laughs> makes so you, it's, it's, are there women, are there genetics that make women more prone to be, to have miscarriages? Uh, that's the answer I don't have. I think that's like, like what everyone know. wants to know is like, can a miscarriage be prevented? Like, are you just fluky? It wasn't just two, you know, bad experiences and they just yeah. happen to go next to each other. Or are some women just their bodies can't handle being pregnant as easily as yeah. others, I guess. And that's what the doctors are telling me. They're like, your body wants to be pregnant, especially with the first one, because my body held on to her for two and a half weeks after she had already passed. So like your body wants to be pregnant, but for some reason, something's not going right. So if we happen to get pregnant a third time and miscarry again, my next step would be, you know, check my husband's sperm, check my eggs. Mm -hmm. Do we even have normal eggs and normal sperm? Like what is going on here? So 
I don't know. Like that, that time will come when it comes, I guess. Alex, I love your, like, just even talking to you. I've never met you, but you just sound like so, (laughs) like, this is a normal thing. And it happened to me and it happened twice. And you sound like so okay about it. And I, I just, pray and wish that upon anyone going through this yeah when we miscarried the first time i was like right away i was very open with it i went right to my social media and i was like hey listen here's what happened here's what's going on here's our story and i had so many people come at me with messages and phone calls and different things and i'm like i had no idea you've been through this like even a lot of my close friends i'm like Mm. wow i had like why doesn't anybody share these experiences or talk about it because it's created such a community for me to find women who have stories just like me, but have also like gone on and had very healthy babies. Like they just had either fluke miscarriages or something. But when I saw your post on Facebook, I'm like, yes, like, please talk about this. Please talk about like how normal this is. Like as much as it sucks and it's so emotionally draining like we've been trying to get pregnant for a year and a half and all we have to show for it is two miscarriages, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay. And Alex, what advice, last question I'll ask is what advice do you have to women out there that maybe have gone through a miscarriage to hold on to hope? Cause it sounds like you're just full of hope and it's so like, (laughs) you're like a light beam. Like I like feel it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I honestly, the biggest thing that has helped me is talking about it, whether I'm, talking about it to somebody who understands or talking about it to somebody who doesn't. But the more I talk about it, the better I feel about it. Like, of course, like honestly, every month I get my period, I cry to my husband. Like, okay. Like it didn't happen again, but you know, God willing, maybe next month, you know, and and you kind of go through this process, but to try to like keep, I don't, I mean, I don't know how religious you guys are, but we, I pray all the time. Mm. I'm like, I know there's some kind of plan for me in this world. And I find comfort in that. So I think wherever people find comfort in their emotions is the best way to handle it. But honestly, for me, just talking about it, there's a lot of support groups online with women who are exactly like us who want to talk to you and want to share their stories. Because I honestly feel like when people have similar stories to you, it's very comforting because you don't feel like you're right. alone in the world. Right. You know, you're and not so alone. I feel... Yeah, I think it's it's really great to have that. Can Even you name just your a couple? Posts. Can you name a couple support groups just so people listening? Um, you know, I don't honestly. Some of them are just like podcast support groups. They have like, you know, you guys have like your I don't get it podcast group, but then you, I don't know if you guys have any branched off. So I have a lot of branched off podcast groups or like this podcast, but trying to conceive or this mm-hmm. podcast, you know. Um, That'd be like Jade and Carly's, um, what is it? Mom's yeah. Tell All. Yeah. Yeah. But even like on your post, you saw all of these women so are like, many. yeah, here's my story. And I saw one girl who had the exact same story as I did. And I was like, hey. And I commented on hers too. And I was like, you have the same story exact as me. Like, same if you, story. I was like, if you want to talk or just like kind of share stories, like I would love to chat with you or I'd love to just be there with you because I think it's so important to walk through life with people who can be emotionally supportive yeah, for you. Yeah, with community. So, oh, you're the yeah. best. Thanks for coming Aww, on. Thank and you so much. No, thank you. It was so nice talking to you. Good talking to you. Thanks <laughs> yeah. for coming hey, so Ashley. prepared. Yeah. 
you actually Skyped my class and read your book to my classroom a couple oh weeks ago. Yes. <laughs> That's you. Hello. That was me. Hi. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm so glad that this is you. Sorry, you know, Lauren books I, the guest book usually for the podcast. That's so awesome. Well, I'm so uh, yeah. glad that you're on here that we had we had yeah. another moment together. Of course. It was when I got Lauren's message. I was like, oh, so fun. Oh, good. Oh, you're lovely. If I, You know, if we're ever in the Irvine area, Jared and I would love to come and read the book to, like, your class next year. Or any books. I know. I know they're, course, they're probably, course. they heard Lucy and that Clark book, a number of times. That now. book got so much love after that. Aww, <laughs> I've, had to, I've had to tape a few pages together. Aww, that's the best. <laughs> yeah. Thank okay. you so Bye. much, Alex. Well, thanks, ladies. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. You too. Bye-bye. Um, listening to her and asking that question about... Oh, what women are most prone to miscarriages. I, I'm i not saying I did intense research because yeah. it was just yeah. five minutes ago. I just pulled up something on yeah, the internet. What'd so you I find? Just, the most common causes of miscarriage for what they can come up with. Um, I don't know if these are in any numerical What's the order. Uh, it's parents.com. Okay. So it's pretty good. Um, chromosomal abnormalities, which is what she just mm-hmm. experienced, thyroid disorders, mm. diabetes, lifestyles such as drug and alcohol abuse, smoking. Um, physical complications, they say this is less common, but significant occurrences of miscarriages can be caused by physical problems with the mother, such as urinary abnormalities, including septum or polyps or cervical incompetence. Um, so just like other like things, I guess I would say it probably is like an endometriosis type thing. Something that's yeah, like, yeah, the growths yeah. in the area. Blood clotting disorders and immunological disorders. So, like, if you have autoimmune issues. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I'd love to also ask, I want to know if there's anything you can do. There's probably nothing you can do to prevent it, huh? Not but we have the, one more caller, right? We do yeah. have one more and caller. And are, she is... Um, Kind of an expert She's, in this. Um, she feels she counsels she counsels couples that have gone through miscarriages, um, which is incredible. Yeah, so, so I'd love to ask. We're her gonna a give questions. her a call, and she's gonna answer some questions very quickly. Okay, let's give her a call. Hello. Hello, Allison. Welcome to the I Don't Get It podcast. Hi. Hi. So nice to talk to you guys. Oh, thanks for coming on. It's so unreal what you do on a daily basis. <laughs> Um, it is pretty amazing. I, I am very lucky to have the job that I have. Um, but, you know, to also have that connection with them of having experienced it myself, too, kind of brings like a common thread between us. So do you want to um, um, explain to our audience listening what you do? Sure. Yeah, of course. Okay. Um, so I am a, a board certified music therapist. Um and I have actually recently ventured into starting a business where I work with um, individuals and couples who are um, either experiencing miscarriage or infant loss um, or fertility challenges, even in pregnancy and after they have the baby and just like navigating being a parent. Um, so it's it's pretty cool to use music as that mode of like opening up communication and allowing them to bond with their family and themselves and, you know, reduce anxiety and stress and all that. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a pretty amazing career. I'm in awe <laughs> because I feel like I've met a couple of people that have gone to college and majored in music psychology. And I'm like, how does so that cool. work? And yeah. now just hearing what you're saying and I'm like, wow, everyday hero. 
Oh, thank you. <laughs> Good for you for using your major. Can you, um, I have a couple questions for you, Swart, because we've talked to now two women who have been through multiple miscarriages. What, wow. since you obviously talked to people, have you, have you gone through one yourself or? Yeah. So uh, I was kind of explaining to Lauren in our message that I never really knew for sure if I was or not. Um, cause I never had a pregnancy test and it was so, so, so early that luckily I'm like super in tune with my body. So I knew something was like different. Um, and right around the time that I was about to take a test, I had like this weird TMI discharge that I've never had before and never had since. Can you describe um, it? Yeah, it was, um, it was like a normal like cycle, but, um, it was, um, tissue. So it was mm. like clumps of tissue. Um, and like a lot more blood and it wasn't around my usual time and I'm, I'm pretty consistent. Um, and you know, it was like a, a weird mix of too many coincidental, like, you know, I was on antibiotics, um, and birth control and, you know, no condom kind of thing. So it was like, I just kind of had this feeling of like, you know, that all of this timing lines up to like that event. And so even if I never had like that yes or no answer, Mm-hmm. Um, it right. just, it made me feel even more emotional because like, I felt guilty for like even wanting to say that it is, it was, you know, wow, you should never feel yeah. Way. And like, as a therapist, you know, logically I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so dumb. Why are you guilting yourself? Um, but like personally, it was like a weird mixed bag of emotions. So can you, you describe know. the guilt and why you felt like you felt guilt? Yeah. Well, you know, I've had friends, um, and, and acquaintances that have, you know, gone through some pretty traumatic miscarriages or, um, you know, infant loss. And, you know, I never want to compare my experience in theirs, but I feel like, you know, theirs, they knew for sure that they were going to, you know, be having this child and had these expectations and these dreams. And for me, it was like, I never knew if it was or not. So I felt guilty for like wanting to share. And I actually, mm-hmm. I held on to it for a year and a half. I never wow. told anybody. And I actually wow. just recently today told my boyfriend about it. Oh my God. <laughs> the, the what made you tell today? Possibly the father. Yeah. What do you say? Yeah, um, he was amazing. He was like, he first went, wait, what? And then he was like, okay. You know? He was, he was like, I'm so glad you told me. I get why you didn't. We were, it was so early in our relationship. Mm-hmm. Did you and tell him afraid. because you were coming on the podcast? Yeah, talk that's about what it? I want to know. I did. That, that post Aww. motivated me to tell him. Aww. And I don't think I, I think I would have eventually, like maybe eventually, like we're talking, you know, eventually having kids and things. So I probably would have shared that. But I think that it kind of motivated me to go, all right, I, I think it's time. I, yeah. And I, you know, I've been, I've been back and forth about it for a while, you know, starting the work that I'm, I'm doing and was like, you know, I need to share this. And then I was like, I'll wait. And then, you know, just this back and forth. So my heart breaks are people that always feel guilty. It's similar to heartbreak. Like when people come into heartbroken anonymous and they share, they're like, well, I didn't go through a divorce and I was only dating this. And I go, it doesn't matter. The pain is the same. No one can equate it. There's no, yeah, there's no compare and contrast. Could you tell us a little bit about like your therapy sessions with someone who just went through a loss or a miscarriage? Like, what do you do for them? Of course. Yeah. So obviously everybody's different, you know, um, the, the session's going to be very individualized and it's going to be based on where they are in their grief process. 
So, you know, if it just happened, they may not be ready to share. And the cool thing about music is that you don't have to tell me. You don't even have to utter in word. We could just play together. And just that support of, you know, playing music together or listening to music together and just being in a room, um, that offers a lot of peace until it's time and they're ready to talk about it and share those feelings or, you know, the actual experience. So, um, it all kind of depends on where they are. And like I said, timing and like, even for myself, you know, um, I totally think timing is, um, was a key factor in me, you know, feeling comfortable enough to share because I processed it on my own over, you know, a year and a half, but, um, I feel so much lighter <laughs> Good. after yeah. sharing it. Since so, you've spoken to many women who've gone through this, I, I'm assuming, what are some yeah. common misconceptions of the thoughts that go through a woman that's just been through a miscarriage? Um, there's a lot of, like I mentioned, guilt. Um, and it's all different kinds of guilt. It's, you know, what could I have done health-wise? You know, was I too stressed? Was I too anxious? Um, did I do enough? Um, why, why did it have to happen to me? Did I do something wrong? You know, just all these things that go through your mind, um, feeling like they could have reached out for help and they didn't, you know, just all kinds of guilting yourself and putting yourself down kind of thing. Um, so it, it, it's really sad because sometimes I see that like reflected in myself. And so I, I feel very um, honored to be able to help other women and families and individuals who are going through this um, and processing these things. And the fact that they've even reached out for help is a huge step Mm -hmm. Um, because it is a lot of people, they identify themselves. Like, for instance, the couples and individuals that come in with um, fertility challenges it's they make it into their identity and so then it's hard to separate that and tell someone it's not your identity it's not who you are it's just something a a disease that you've experienced or an event that you've experienced that um you know obviously it stinks and it's negative um but to um like for instance in music therapy create art around something that was so hurtful and so painful and then have something beautiful out of that that you can then share um, and keep with you. Um, it's my boyfriend even mentioned this earlier when we were talking about, he said something about, you know, now it's a part of our story. And I thought that was so beautiful. Oh, he's so Um, sweet. He's very nice. (laughs) He's amazing. (laughs) I'm very, I'm very lucky. Uh, where do you live and where can people find you if they want to have therapy? Of course. So I am in Dallas, Texas in, uh, Frisco. Um, and they can find me online. Actually, my business is, um, music and miracles. Um, and my, uh, Instagram is at M and M like the candy Cute. therapy. Um, and Facebook is the same Facebook, facebook.com slash M and M therapy. Oh my God, I'm so glad great. we found, I'm so I glad know. we found you. This is the perfect ending to this podcast as a way oh, to like let people cope with the, the struggles that they're going through. So yeah. Thank you and so know much. that there's like resources out there yeah. such as yours and like many yeah, others. And I would just say like, don't be afraid to reach out, you know? it's, it's so important to share. Um, and you know, eventually you'll feel comfortable enough to share with someone. Um, but I, I want to thank you guys for opening up that discussion and having a safe place for people to feel like they can share these things. And, um, 
it's really important and you know it helped me too so <laughs> so thank you guys thank you so much thank you for coming on of course. of course anytime and good luck with everything ashley oh thank you you too thank you bye bye, bye. What a sweetness. Wow. Amazing. All right. Well, this was like such a worthwhile podcast. I'm really glad I'm we so did this happy. topic. We did it. We I feel like we need to do more in this space. Me too. And like Female not health. just miscarriages, yeah. just so yeah. much more. Yeah. You know, like her I really want to do a herpes one too. Well, we, can, we could do an S T D one. Right? Like yeah. I feel like people are so embarrassed to like I mean, tell to you they think they're never they'll never get married or they'll never be able to like for sure we have, have a kid. to do that. And I would love to normalize that too. I would like you know? to, and Lauren Lauren well, this may sound bad, but what? One of your biggest fears is the cur- the herpes breakout thing also with Coachella is a great segue okay. that we can do. Anyway, I think it would be interesting if we, if we had people who had them come on yeah, and talk absolutely. about how it affects their life. And if it was as scary as some people perceive it to be. Yeah, and just make it normal. But guys, thanks for listening. Honestly, thanks to all the three women that came on today. And we're so brave to share their story. And um, let us know in the Facebook group, guys. Also, follow us on Instagram at at I don't get it podcast and just let us know if there's other things that you would like for us to like have people come on and talk on that maybe is like taboo in the world yeah um, all right thank you all yeah. for listening bye bye love you guys I don't podcast. this podcast is brought to you by wave podcast network check out all of our shows including the brain candy podcast I don't get it babes and babies coffee convos and let's talk about it Thank you.